Dives, the show that dives into everything that society tells us not to do. It's time to forget all of your ideas of success and break free from restrictive social norms, starting with today's show. Join Elizabeth Houghton as she explores practical ways to find success on your own terms. Elizabeth is no stranger to being trapped by social norms, but she found his sudden full potential to motivate and mentor others to make a positive change in their life. Each episode, Elizabeth will sit down with trailblazing guests who created their own path to success. It's time to be inspired. You'll now be joined by your host, Elizabeth Houghton. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I hope you're well. Thank you for tuning back in. I am joined today by Rebecca, who is passionate about helping women create financial freedom for themselves. Welcome to the show. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, I'm Becky. Becky is absolutely Becky. <laughs> yeah, I realised Rebecca was so stuffy and, and that was my professional corporate name. And then I was like, no, I'm Becky to all my friends. Let's be Becky. Let's be Becky. But is your business under Rebecca? Or you- so um, my, my financial advice business for years is Rebecca Pope. But coming online, I set up my Facebook profile as Rebecca. And honestly, about a few weeks ago, I thought, no, I need to change this to Becky. So no, I'm, I'm Becky Pope Freedom Finance Club. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> You're bringing you into your business. And that's, I guess, that's the yeah. fun of working for yourself, isn't it? You can do that instead of having the professional side and then the yeah. fun side. <laughs> yeah, well, that exactly. That's the joy of your own business. I think it's got to be you that, that comes out to people so they know you and and a, a few people on post have said yeah you're so much more a Becky than Rebecca so yeah, yeah I'm glad I got I should have mentioned it before but it doesn't matter at all it's fine absolutely fine so what was it that empowered you or I guess encouraged you to go into finance I noticed you put up a post the other day actually on social about how few women are in the financial kind of advisory yeah. industry. So for you, yeah. how did you end up on this path? Yeah, I think that stat was like 15%, which is terrible really, isn't it? But so I have been in finance my whole career. So I did my, I finished my A-levels. I went to uni to do business studies because I always was quite interested in that area. But um, yeah, I stuck, I stuck like, one term at uni and honestly I know this sounds ridiculous it was it wasn't much studying it really wasn't it was just lots of fun and I'm sure there are many degrees that aren't like that but I just I really was ambitious and I just really wanted to get out working and climb that career ladder so I got a job in a building society at 18 and I kind of just went so that was finance banking wasn't it and then I progressed like you know different stages another career step up and another career step up then I thought, oh, I'm limited with where I'm going to get to with this company. Let's go work for another company. And then I did that after another three years. And then 14 years, 13 years ago, I set up my own business and, and I do love it. So I found my way into it, but um, realized quickly it's a male dominated profession, but it needs female touches. Um, and yeah, and, 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 speaking to women who wanted to speak to women I could never not be in this profession now because it's it's you know a woman is needed yeah and it's, it's interesting isn't it that there's still so many professions out there that 
women don't necessarily like gravitate to mm-hmm. so do you feel it was like your journey of more um that entry-level role into a bank that then led you into where you got to or do you think you would have found your path into finance yeah that's a good question Elizabeth because I think yeah I've, I did find a I didn't look for it I found my way into it 100% but then I realized so what I liked about it was less the finance stuff, just the more the building the relationships, which, of course, is what lots of professions do. Um, the nurturing, the caring, the helping. And it just so happened I had a quite a finance head as well. So I put the two together. But it's not a character personalities you've necessarily put together in finance, isn't it? The fact that a lot of what I like to do is, you know, is, is get to know people and nurture and care them and and get to know really what makes them tick and then how I can help them, um, which is less the finance stuff. So that's gravitated, I think, for me as the years have gone on in in, you know, in the profession. Yeah. And what is it that's really kind of attracted you to building your business in a way where it focuses more on supporting women? Yeah. Um, it's the last... Oh, the last five years, I was noticing, oh, God, I'm even longer, to be honest. I think as long as I can remember, I did have couples who would come to me and and generally maybe say the guy was not necessarily more the money decision maker, but the, the, the possibly the money decision maker, possibly the higher earner. But they would say, we're, you know, and they would be honest, we're maybe looking to speak to a couple of, of financial advisors, but uh, financial planners. But we, we kind of, I'm going to let my wife make the decision because at a time when I'm not around or, you know, because I know more about what I'm doing, my wife knows less, so she, I'll let her make the decision. And they all used to say, Becky, we've decided to come and, you know, work with you because my wife's more, or the wife would say, I'm more comfortable speaking to you and dealing with you. And it just it obviously made something like click in my head. Obviously, certain women, not all, but certain women like to speak to another woman who's maybe got the more female characteristics of patient and understanding and explains things without going over the head with complicated jargon and stuff. And so about five years ago, I did think I really want to move more into the area of helping women. How can I do that? I had lots of different ideas. Then COVID hit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I had all these lovely ideas of doing events where, you know, women would come and, um, you know, would have nice afternoon teas or Proseccos and we'd just talk about money and finance stuff. And then COVID hit, obviously. So then I thought, let's go online because I wasn't really, I wasn't online hardly ever. Um, so that's the kind of the progression that, that it was just all these women and couples saying to me, you know, we really enjoy speaking to you and, and you've been helpful in this particular way. So, yeah, that was that was why. So being led by the clients that were coming to you to just evolve your business. That's incredible. And that's so important, isn't it, for anyone in business to really be led by the people that are coming to them and understand their stories and pivot their business to support that need. Precisely, because that is what's needed, isn't it? And I think the first few years, I was so ambitious just to build the business and the career that I probably wasn't opening myself up to realizing what people were wanting or needing mm. but and and also with a combination of maturity as well maturity and being more comfortable in myself and comfortable in the in the the the, the 
the stage I'd got to made me then think, ah, this is what people are saying. This is what people are wanting. And I kind of then opened up to that, yeah. Yeah. You said something really interesting um, in the last question around how you didn't really have a social media presence before. How did you build your business? Like, as you know, I work with the younger generations and even I'm sat here thinking, oh my word, how have you built your business to the point where it is now with not having much of a social media presence? So my new business um, is a money mentor, um, empowering and educating women on money and finances, but not for women who don't feel they want or need financial advice and I can help women globally on that um women who really just want to get their money and finances sorted but more they might want a bit of a plan they just want to be educated um they just want an idea of what next steps they should do without maybe necessarily talking products or jargon or actual right well this amount needs to go into this pension and this amount needs to go into that investment because that isn't what it might be what some people need and want but not what other women need or want. So to answer your question, the first a financial advisory business is really quite strict in the UK with social media. We've got heavy regulation. And I, but even if we didn't, I built up a really successful business on word of mouth and just referrals. Yeah. So clients, I'm, I don't know, I'm imagining at the dinner table, they'd talk about, oh, aren't interest rates terrible or, or, oh, I'm really worried about how the money's going to, you know, go to my children. And then they might say, oh, we've got a really great financial advisor who helps us with intergenerational and, and who gets better returns for us. So that's the advice, financial advice side of it. Yeah. I think my new business, Money Mentor, would take, would work by word of mouth, but it would take a lot, 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 lot longer yes. <laughs> without a social media presence. <laughs> Yeah. How did you, if you build up your first business, so your advisory business on word of mouth, how did you get your first customer? Because at that stage, no one knows about you. No one's referring you. So what was it that kind of brought you that first client to build your business yeah. on top yes. of? So some clients kind of found out I'd left the bank and they were like, well, where's she gone? Where's she gone? And they phoned my mobile and I'd say, well, um, as you've contacted me, I can tell you, but I'm not allowed to contact you. So this is where I am, what I'm doing. I did some advertising and marketing, all allowable in, in newspaper. You know, so this was 13 years ago. Yeah. So local papers and newspapers and local magazines. Um, I held some events, some face-to-face -face events and advertised and marketed them. So it took time to build up, took time, took time. And it was kind of that snowball effect. I might get one new client every couple of months. And then I would actively say, oh, if you, if, you know, if you've been happy with how I've helped you, you know, don't keep me a secret, mention me to other people, um, because I'm here to help. And people can only find out I'm here to help if they know about me. That's kind of, and so then it snowballed. Then, I don't know, four or five years in, um, local-ish partner retired, and then I took on their clients, and then the practice got bigger. So there's, there's different ways to how I built up clients in, in that business. Yeah. No, I love it. Absolutely love it. I was actually talking to a coach the other day who's um, in her 20s, actually, and she's built her business purely on referrals. And I just find it so interesting being like, if I have to say, I'm in that millennial age group of going, 
fuck, you can still do that. You can still build a business like that. Because there's a whole extra added pressure with social media, right? Because you have to be consistent. You have to show up. And not saying that putting in adverts in newspapers is easy because that's all about writing copy and making sure like it's going to the right people and it's the right tone. Mm, but it's kind yeah. of you do one advert and you maybe don't have to think about it for a couple of days where with social media it's constant so I find it so fascinating um how other people are managing or have in the past and continue into the future build their business without that pull to social media it's so social media has been a huge at 41 I had to think that huge learning curve for me Elizabeth and I've I now I have to have boundaries with it because otherwise you could literally be on it 24 seven and it would send you insane. I think the good thing is I've not really grown up. Unlike lots of my friends who've been on social media for years, I've not kind of grown up with it or got used to it. Um, and I do see it as a, a mainly business and a bit of a personal function, but I have to have boundaries. I have to consciously think, oh, I won't look at my phone. I won't just flick through Facebook and Instagram because you would be on it. And I know for years, I used to look at people thinking, why are they not, you know, a nice restaurant, let's say I'll be with a nice restaurant with a sea view and they'd be like taking selfies. They wouldn't be sat talking. And I used to think, why are they doing that? Why are they not enjoying the moment? I now kind of see where they were coming from. I feel to get a balance of being in the moment but think, oh, this this will be a great picture for a post. Let's spend five minutes on that, and then put the phone down, and then chat. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm with you on that. It's about being intentional. I actually um, have gone through recently, actually in the last couple of months, deleted my apps off my phone, so right. I can't do it on my phone. Like if I want to go on Facebook, it's on my laptop, and I'm on my laptop all day anyway. So I was like, why do I have it on my laptop and on my phone? And it is it's a mass it can be a time zap so yeah I get it being really intentional about why you're going on it and if you're building a business using it as a tool instead of a time zap because there's other stuff you need to do and especially with more different social media platforms now like TikTok and Instagram it is kind of like that scroll more and that mm, you can yeah. hours hours can go by and you just do not even realize yeah, oh, exactly, exactly. And and I don't, I've not been used to spending my time like that. And I fill my time with other things. So it's that boundary. So I give myself time. And I, I do enjoy on a personal basis, like I'm in a Facebook group for curly hair. And I've learned so much from that. Like that's just a random example, isn't it? So there are big benefits. But um, for someone like me who thinks, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. I could be in 150 groups and literally never leave the house. And just be, <laughs> <laughs> or like you know so many different people on Instagram I'm just oh yeah I love that love that post oh my god that's inspirational and I, I, I so yeah I try to dip in at the right times um but yeah there are some amazing people and and social media aspects out there which are life enhancing but there are things which detract from and it's just for every individual it's just finding what works for them isn't it yeah 100% 100% find find your balance and find your boundaries and use it in the way that you want to use it not in the way you see everyone else using it definitely so with your new mentor program which unfortunately you know COVID has put a spanner in the works in terms of your original plan of doing lots of face-to-face workshops how have you kind of navigated I guess 
this unprecedented time everyone is finding themselves in, in terms of entering the workplace, building their businesses. How have you managed to navigate that with a brand new program? I, I decided to spend a fair bit of time, well, a few months, which isn't really in the scheme of a new business that long, is it? A few months kind of just getting to grips with the social media stuff. I did a few kind of courses, well, yeah, a few courses on social media, audiences, working on my, my, my ideal client, working on my niche, you know, really thinking deep as to who I wanted to help, why I wanted to help, how I then wanted to help. Um, and in all that time, I generally did continue with the posting, with what I feel the women I want to help need to hear, um, and then uh, looked into how I can, can help them. That, that balance of the fact that I'm more than happy to help with my knowledge and expertise delivering free information, but also I'm running a business and free doesn't, it's not, I mean, it's not paying the bills. It's money is there to give us a great life, isn't it? So that's what I know is, is required for me and what I want to instill in everybody else that money is a positive thing and it helps us live the life that we want to live. And everybody feels very differently with what amount of money they need. Um, but there should be no guilt over being really, you know, aspirational to have, uh, you know, lots of wealth, not just because we want it sitting in the bank and it looks pretty, but because it's going to enhance our life and we can help other people with it. So I've literally just started um, finishing touches of a couple of masterclasses um, that how the one-to-ones, because I'm doing some one-to-ones and just kind of just really... Um, um, getting feedback and working exactly what's going to help the women I'm working one-to-ones on. Um, but one thing I definitely know is it's, it's an evolving business, any business, whatever they're in, you know, 12 months down the line, like we were talking about earlier, I'll hear women saying, oh, I wish I knew more about this. And I wish, oh, I wish my mindset was better with that. And then you think, ah, that's the additional area I can help with, or that's a new workshop or masterclass I can do. Yeah, and it's being open to hear that, isn't it? Obviously, we touched on that earlier that sometimes when we're new into business or we're just not open to those opportunities, it is really important to hear what our audiences are telling us mm. and provide mm. what they're asking for. And it's so easy to kind mm. of get stuck in that. This is all I want to do. And you don't see the other opportunities that people are landing mm. in your plate because you're so laser focused in that you might not necessarily be able to build your business that way you might be able to but there's something out there that you hadn't even thought of by just talking and listening to what clients need yeah totally I'm a great great believer um and again this may become with my maturity over the years but I'm a great believer in just you if you're if you take moments and you just look at what's around you and you may almost listen to the universe without being too woo-woo the universe will point you in the direction of where you should be going but you've got to be open yeah, yeah, open to that. You've got to be open to it. With your masterclasses, so are you going to now do those face-to-face because I know things are easing in the UK or are you looking to learn how to do those virtually? What's what's the plan yeah. in that space? Yeah, definitely virtually, Elizabeth, because I, I feel that money and finance isn't just UK, is it? It's global. <laughs> it's global. And I can help the, the knowledge and the expertise just on on the best because there's no right mindset but the best mindset you know how women can overcome emotional issues with their money and how they can just be smarter with money and finance that's just not England or UK that's a global thing so 100% all um 
uh, all online. Yeah, all online. Mm. And, have, webinars, great yeah, and obviously you've done your social media training, so you've picked up your tips yeah. on how to do that. And so many, I've spoken to so many business owners that have actually struggled with that change to using Zoom because they love being face-to-face. And I've got to admit, mm-hmm. I have delivered a number of workshops over Zoom um, during COVID and it is very different. I'd much rather be in a room of 100 people delivering a workshop because I can see them and uh, know when you're losing them. Okay. It's a lot harder when you're just speaking <laughs> to a video camera <laughs> hoping, are they still there? Have they wandered off? What's going on? Um <laughs> But it is yeah. a great way to share that message. Yeah. And I I, I definitely hope and want to, in the future, do face-to-face. But I think I'll, I'll start with this for the moment. Um, but there's nothing better than really seeing somebody face-to-face and really having that interaction with them. However, I also do know that some people are are less inclined to do that. Plus, there's the geographical issue. So not just UK, there's the... Ge- so I think that balance, like every balance, I use the word balance all the time. I use the word balance with money and everything, but that balance of offering different solutions and, you know, for, for, for people and for women is, is a, the best way forward, really, because then they can choose what works for them. Yeah, and that, that is it. Like, there's, there's loads of research out there around different generations, what they prefer, you know, um, I've touched on millennials and I do work with a lot of millennials and there's loads of research out there actually having face-to-face is far too intimidating for them because we're the generation that grew up with our fingers on our phones and our heads on a screen that um, they actually prefer just having audio calls over any face-to-face because they find that easier depending on the setting I coach so I get it it's it can be quite intimidating like having those conversations and having those vulnerable conversations when someone's staring at you across the table in the coffee shop um so it is interesting (laughs) how everyone is a little bit different and what they need and having an offering that can touch all bases in terms of what people Mm -hmm. want is going to be hugely beneficial you touched on mindset and money mindset what would you say through your experiences, like say the top three money mindset traps you find more common from females? Um, well, whether this is mindset, but there's huge emotions linked to money with women that men generally, I mean, I, I hate, but it is a generalization because there's definitely women that are more like men with money and men that are more like women with money, but general, generally, the emotional issues of spending. I think that's not even an issue. I don't mean to put it like that. The emotions that are associated and that come with spending um, because generally we do like to spend and it gives us enjoyment and pleasure. And it can be before COVID, something you do as a group together. It could be going out to the shops. It could be group, you know, cocktail nights, things like that. And generally women will be like, oh, oh yeah I haven't really got enough money sod it or go on the overdraft or whatever and because that's fun and I am a huge believer in that that it's not great to get into debt at all but we also can't be sat at home you know really just watching every single penny because that's not living either so definitely don't want to get into debt but we need to I believe that if we were educated at a younger age on actually how to organize our money because I don't like the word budget organize our money we would all be much, much better with that balance of knowing, you know, right, we've got X left over for spending. So that means two nights out. So I'll just manage two nights out rather than four nights out, for example. Yeah. So emotions with money when it comes to spending, number one. Number two is our beliefs that we just 
unconsciously picked up as we've grown up and they're probably limiting beliefs like there's so many programs that we watch where um or just associations that rich people or really wealthy people are are mean and horrible and if you're rich you're lonely you've got no friends um and you're all of these things and aspiring to be rich means you're not going to be generous and you're going to be greedy there's so many different movies that I can think of and just adverts like just so many things like that that women um can have limiting beliefs and number three is charging especially as a woman in business so I help a lot of women who are self-employed women who yep. run their own business and it's the charging structure and putting prices up and their mindset issues um I mean I've you know there's me literally earlier talking about it so I'm happy to deliver free you know I'm quite competent with my money mindset but and there's me competent with that already aware that I deliver a lot of free stuff and you know I then also charge for stuff and it's that balance and knowing what to continue free and what to charge for and that's a really difficult or balancing act or ish, ish or mindset for for lots of women to get to grips with and I can resonate with that one I was actually on a call with a client yesterday and we were having a lovely chat and she asked me to do something that isn't in my normal offering um so it was around reviewing a covering letter and a cv and I was like I can do it I have a decade of hr experience but it's, it's not it's not my offering like it's not what I've packaged up in my business as something I do and yeah. um she actually really luckily only lives down the road for me so I just jokingly went oh you know what like let's just go for a coffee and do it and it's like no I could have charged for that but it's yeah. that that association of I'm I'm not an expert in this so no may, maybe I just charge four dollars for a coffee <laughs> and it is those things that you catch yourself doing because all of a sudden especially the business I'm in, it's all about helping people. And that's why I'm in it is to help people. It's not, yes, money is important, you know, in that's why we're in business. We're not in business for I don't know, not to make money. Like we have bills to pay, mm. we have a lifestyle that we want, but at the same time, for me, it's that connection to, I want to help people. And yeah, I can understand why lots of female business owners, if they're in businesses where it is more of that personal connection and that relationship building, and that support that sometimes it is actually really hard to go, you know what, actually that's 150 pounds. If you want to talk to me for an hour. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because your hourly rate is, is based on so many factors. It's based on your own experience and qualifications that you've built up your own knowledge, your, your, your everything to do with you, the value that that client is getting, yeah. what they that the fact that they couldn't have done it themselves, you know, and, and so all of that is encompassing what somebody charges per hour. Um, and if you'd thought, well, okay, my normal hourly rate is X, because that's my, my, you know, my absolute expertise. So maybe three quarters of that, because I'm giving something of real value and expertise here. And, and, and so that's where I think all of us women just need to, to up the game, because believe me, the majority of men are very comfortable with just that's why they don't have an emotional association money is just a practical thing because men are far more practical with things you know versus versus women who would feel that guilt you know we do feel that guilt oh I feel bad and maybe she can't afford it we can have a nice chit chat at the same time 
men don't often <laughs> it doesn't cross men's mind the fourth thing the fourth thing there which is the big difference for me that i've noticed with last year with pretty much every person i speak to but a vast amount of women who run their own business is the life work balance and what's important in life which last year proved to us just a hundred percent didn't it and then it's self-employed women having that balance because they actually probably now some of them has made them even more ambitious brilliant others it's made them think well I still love what I do in my business but I actually would love to have a bit more time with family friends just doing what I love because I've not been able to do that so I really work and that's super important to me really working with clients on how can we know what work life life work balance you can have from a financial perspective because they'll often be like, well, I've got to work this because I need to pay these bills. Yeah. So that's a huge thing for me because people have realized that money doesn't buy. Because you could have been the richest person last year, multi, multi, multi-millionaire, and you still couldn't have flown wherever you wanted. You couldn't have gone out with your friends when you wanted, you know, so money made no difference last year. No, I do think last year has enabled a lot of us to sit back and reevaluate and also really think about how much money do we really need to have the lifestyle in which we want? Yeah. Like lots of my clients I've spoken to, and I, I don't do anything with money, but their realization has been they don't actually need the amount mm. they thought they needed to have the lifestyle mm. they wanted. So with that, they don't need to work the hours they were working or they yes. don't necessarily need to have the job that they're finding as stressful because in reality, they yeah. could take a job that causes them less stress and provides them with more balance and they would be happy with that yeah with everything you just said there's two social media posts I've seen recently well one post and then I'm not sure where this other one came from I've known about what I'd love to get your view on um Mm -hmm. so the first one was on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago a woman put up on um a post about how do you have a business or do you have a hobby Right, And she basically said, you have to be earning six figures a month to be able to say you have a business. Now, as you can imagine, that caused lots of division. Let's say lots of division on LinkedIn. And I'd love to know what your view on that is. Obviously, you work with entrepreneurial women. You help them with their balance. You help them understand how much money they want to earn or need to earn to have what they want and the lifestyle they want. Is there, would you agree with putting a figure on it? Like you have to make six figures a month to be able to say you're a successful businesswoman. No, not in the slightest. Mm -hmm. Because success is all completely relative. I can have a client whose success to her means she works two days a week. She has more than enough money to pay her own bills, take her family out to go on the holidays that she wants. She's successful. She could you know, have a friend or I could have the next client whose success does mean six figures because that's the lifestyle that she wants. So it's all completely relative with what success means. That's number one, I'd say. Number two, I've always had a big issue when we see on these social media posts, I've earned, I've made, I really want to say turnover and profit, two entirely different things. You could turn over six figures a month, seven figures a year, your profit could be massively different. And it's all about profit. You can have a business working from home with minimal outgoings and your 
turnover and your profit could be very similar. That to me is a success because you've minimized your outgoings. Yes. Lots of, nothing wrong with this, but lots of social media experts or people on social media who are, they have lots of affiliates. They've got lots of costs. They're paying this for that and this, that, blah, 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 blah. So they could find 80% of their turnover goes in costs and expenses. Then they pay tax. Well, their personal profit is minimal. So I, that's like an educational piece, I know, but that's really super important that women know the difference and it's profit. Profit is the only thing that matters. But I think that's unfair because it would make people feel inferior if they're not making six figures, yep. thinking, oh, well, I'm not running a very good business, am I? Well, absolutely not. That's not true at all. Yes, and I'm so glad you <laughs> you laid on the side I did as well of it because I was a bit like, oh, I'm pretty sure I don't have a hobby. And there were quite a few women that were like, mm, no, we don't have hobbies. We don't make that money, but we pay our bills. We pay our mortgage. We have our lifestyles. Our kids have food on the table. So can't say yeah. it's a hobby. And it is that thing, isn't it? That it's so different. The profit versus, you know, turnover is hugely yeah. different. And I get what you're saying with social media, because there is a lot out there around making six figures, but they don't articulate whether or not that's turnover or yeah, whether of course they don't. profit they're yeah. not so it is it can get very confusing and it sets that bar doesn't it of oh especially I think because I'm in the coaching industry I see it in the coaching industry a lot like lots of people in the coaching industry put up posts around making six figures a month or make six figures in the next 30 days and things like that and it's like am I making it <laughs> or like, is that cash in my pocket or is, what is that? Like, am I spending yeah. 10 grand on Facebook ads to make that money or like, what is it? And they're yes. not really that articulate, but it then also sends, thankfully not me, but I've seen it in other business owners, like down this spiral of, well, I can't be successful because when I go on social media, I'm told I have it in my face. I need to be making X and I'm not. And that's, that's tough. It is. I really think messaging could do with changing. Now, I'm I'm a huge, um, I love seeing women who are aspirational. I think that's absolutely fabulous. They, you know, they're working because they aspire for what they you know, want. And it, it could well be six-figure months. It yeah. could be six-figure years. But they're aspirational for what I, you know, for the for what I feel is, is great reasons for them, their family, their friends. They, they want to then help other business owners. They really want to just help the wider world with the money they've got rather than just accumulate and accumulate and accumulate money and just for, for greed's sake, to be, to be frank. But I also definitely know from the women I help how off-putting it can be and triggering to see that, especially if you've had a month where you've lost a couple of clients, you've not sold the products you want, and then all of a sudden you see all of these stupid posts about, you know, it's not a good business if you haven't got six figures a month. That's that, you know, that could just be re really triggering and just make you think, oh, let's just pack it in and go and get an employee job, which isn't good. So uh, social media messaging isn't going to change, but that's where I hope to deliver to help clients and deliver messages that be really comfortable in your own aspirations and as as long as you know exactly what your own income requirements are you've just got to ignore those and just think in the back of your mind 
I mean, and there are some, um, I, I know some amazing women who I'm certain do earn seven figures. And I look at some of the posts of people I'm not that sure of. And I think, do they? But anyway, whatever, it's irrelevant to me. Yeah. What they yeah. earn or what they don't earn, what difference is it making to my personal life? All I care about is what comes into my own bank account. And that's what I want everybody else to think about as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it is that educational piece and working on that mindset. So those things don't trigger you in business. And the other thing I came across, and I'm really trying to remember where I came across it because I absolutely love it, but it ties back to all of those beliefs we put on money that you were speaking about in terms of, you know, we pick up things about you know, you're greedy if you have lots of money or you have to be really horrible and you can't support people and all of those things that we pick up throughout our lives. And I'm going to have to find out where I found this from. Um, so if anyone else who is listening to this has heard this before, tell me where you read it or where you've seen it, that money is just paper and we are the ones that put value on it. So we, like a five pound note is just paper or we're the ones that then dictate what that value to it means to us. And what five pounds means to me is very different to what five pounds is going to mean to you or anyone else. Because to me, it's probably, I'm in Australia, it's probably not even going to buy me a coffee, right? So (laughs) it's that kind of thing where in the UK, you could probably get two coffees and maybe, I don't know, I haven't been back for a while, two coffees maybe, or a coffee and a cake for that type of money. So it is yes I love that saying and it really resonated with me that money is just paper and we are the ones that add the value to it yes I agree and I disagree but it's a hugely personal view here and there isn't a right or wrong the the where where that writer is coming from with that um or where I think that writer is sorry I'll start with where I think they've forgotten is that there are many things outside of our control Elizabeth there are the values if you want to buy a house outside of our control because house prices are x and we can't control that if you want to buy a car if you want to go on holiday the plane prices are x where I do totally agree with what she or he is saying is it's the value we personally put on it And that's where you can have two people who earn 20 grand a year living in exactly the same road. And one would have a better lifestyle than another because they put different values on things. One wants to go out more and buy branded clothes and wants to have all the TV packages because they love and wants to go abroad. Another one loves surfing wants to stay you know local doesn't want to so therefore that's going to make them immediately better off they're not spending you know a couple of thousand on on flights they're not spending money on um uh on they've got cheaper holidays they might not want to go out so much so that all comes down to what's important to you personally and the money that you spend on that so again that comes back to what we're talking about last year so I mainly do agree with that. And I also think it's a really good way of looking at it. It totally is because you're right. Give a five pound note to every single person and some will be, everybody would do something different with it. Some would be like, oh, five pound, I'll pop that in my savings account. There's nothing I want. Others want want to immediately spend it and buy something with it. So again, that comes down to your, just where you are in life. Are you, and I'm not saying if you spend money, you're not satisfied because, um, if I, if it was really hot weather and I was given a five pound note, I'd immediately think, oh, I 
an ice cream, that would satisfy me. But you can have a 50p ice cream or a 2.50 ice cream. It, everybody is different. And it's, again, it's knowing what's important to you and not being swayed by anybody else. Love it. And I feel that is a really good note to end that on of knowing what is important to you when it comes to money and not allowing external parties social media or friends family anyone else influence that stay true to what it means to you thank you ever so much for joining us today it has been a huge pleasure thank you for having me elizabeth i've loved talking with you thanks for listening to finding success on your own terms don't miss out on new episodes released every wednesday If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to Finding Success on Your Own Terms on Apple Podcasts. To stay tuned for upcoming episodes, projects and news, follow Elizabeth Houghton on Instagram at Southern Full Potential and connect with her on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Elizabeth Coach. Discover your full potential and find out more about how you can change your life today at southernfullpotential.com.